Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sean Payne, founder and owner of Live Explorer Real Estate and Lifestyle. And I have with me again, Isaiah Chass, our founding agent. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Uh, part two of our rental management series on how to show your rental property. That's right. That's right. So today we're going to go a little bit more in depth on what we touched on the last uh, uh, the last episode. So we went over like how to market your property and what to be careful of with fair housing laws. And so so now you've done your 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 advertising and now you're getting in- inquiries on the property. And so uh, just realize that uh, time is of the essence when you get an inquiry. And so you want to respond as quickly as possible uh, uh, to the. Uh, uh, to the inquiry about the property, giving them more information that way and, and, and reiterating the showing times uh, and, and answering any questions they have that way. On average, tenants contact five landlords when looking for a new home. And over any 80% of the tenants uh, want to view the rental as the next step of the process. So speed is everything, getting back to those people as quickly as possible that way. Um, and uh, and again, uh, uh, I know it can be difficult, especially if you're doing it yourself, but you, you, you wanna look at your email look for those little inquiries that come through and try to respond, you know, within 10 or 10 or 20 minutes when they're still sitting at their computer or, or thinking about, uh, uh, you know, where they want to live that way. Absolutely. And you also want to, when it gets to showing uh, the aspect, you want to pre-qualify tenants, uh, or I should say potential tenants before they're showing, you know, even just from a safety aspect, you don't want just anyone coming through your home. Um, you want to know that only qualified and, and serious uh, potential renters are coming through your home. Um, so with that, you, you know, it's a good idea to use online forms to pre-qualify tenants. Right. Um, a lot of people are more comfortable using online forms to submit information than saying it over the phone. On top of that, it also allows you to have the same set of questions for every uh, potential applicant, and that keeps you safe from, uh, you know, getting in trouble asking, you know, little nuanced questions uh, that could get you in trouble with fair housing right. laws. Right. Um, your screen questions should be concise. And they should be consistent, like I said. Uh, you don't want to say anything about, uh, you know, do you have a significant other? Do you have a girlfriend? Uh, but you should ask questions about, you know, what their expected move-in date is, uh, what your uh, minimum credit score is, what your minimum income requirements are, what your uh, if they have any pets. You don't want to be wasting your time if, you know, a question that uh, they answer on, you know, the initial application isn't going to work out down the road. You know, get that in at the beginning so you know that if, if that person's not going to work out, you're not going to spend continued time with them. Right. Um, as a rule of thumb, when it comes to credit score, it's a good idea. Anything over uh, $1,000 per month, you want to require uh, a minimum credit score of about 600 That being said, most rentals in the Bay Area are over $1,000. Yeah, so. I was going to say that the guidelines Isaiah is talking about, like, uh, you know, this often comes from, this is coming from one of the credit agencies of what they recommend. But yeah, out here in, in the Bay Area, the North Bay Area, $1,000 a month rental, that'd be great, but it's going to be pretty much impossible to find. So, right. you know, you're probably looking 3000 above, something like right. that. So. Right. And then also for income requirements, uh, it's a good idea to uh, have anywhere from two to three times um, the monthly rent. And, and again, this is a broad guideline. This isn't, uh, you know, for everyone, um, but it, it's a good idea to have two to three times the monthly income. Uh, for that rental. Now, uh, after the initial screening process and, uh, you know, the upfront questions before you show them, uh, you want to get 
you want to have a set time uh, of when you show these properties. Yep. So what what are good times yeah, for and this? I, I just want to clarify. So uh, good times. I would say usually like during the week, it's going to be like after five o'clock, early evenings for most people. And then at, during the weekend at, at various times. Uh, but but uh, I want to clarify last time is that, you know, I, I'd recommend advertising set times but but only but the, those times aren't open houses. Uh, you only go through with those if you if you have uh, people that have confirmed appointments that way. But you but you but you advertise certain times, and then you also don't do private showings either. And and again, I'll go back to uh, uh, renters and potential renters are so flaky. You will spin your wheels. So you'll you'll think you'll have like five or six interested parties, and, and all of a sudden you may have one or none that way. Uh, uh, so so again, I wouldn't recommend doing like an open house. I'd recommend advertising times like you're going to do an open house and then if you have a confirmed appointment go through with it but if you don't have a confirmed appointment then you don't you don't waste your time you know going out there that way um and and like i said so often people like oh i can't make that um could you could, could we have a private time you know could i have a private showing at this time i'd be very cautious of that because again like i found so many times that that uh that those people end up flaking. And if they really want the home, generally they'll make the time to go see it, even if they have a really busy schedule that way. So um, again, you know, I, I'd recommend a couple times during the week because you do want the home to be exposed. Things do come up. Like I'm, I'm kind of bashing tenants a little bit, but things do come up in life too. So all of a sudden you want to make something and you, and, and you can't. So, but those people will generally communicate with you really well and they'll say, hey, I'm sorry, I had this come up. Can I come to, you know, the, Saturday showing or something like that. So you want to, you know, you want to create uh, uh, those opportunities and uh, the market is getting hotter, but generally I still find it takes a couple weeks of advertising and having these appointments to get, to get people through the home. You want to make sure it is exposed so that you have at the end of the, at the end of the time period that you're done renting, that you have a handful of good tenants that way. Yeah. Um, it's just so much different than the resale market. Tenants is. will uh, throw a, a, an inquiry out to everything on the market. It's they're not very specific about it. They'll see what everyone has and try to get a showing with every single property. And a lot of times, you know, they'll find one and then just not even let you know that. Yes, and and that's why you want to follow up with them um, because uh, for that very reason is that you can set appointments and then you're like, oh great, I have you know four or five people coming to the the home and then they don't come and then you you call them up and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I rented out something, I forgot to call you. So yeah, you know, uh, uh, follow up with them prior to when you're supposed to be meeting uh, and making sure that they come and that'll that'll save you a lot of time that way. And then also follow up after after you show the property, follow up with uh, them as well. Because he here's what happens is that you you uh, you you want to make sure that you have a pool of potential tenants. There may be a party that that uh, seems very well qualified to you and and uh, uh, you know on paper seems really good, but but they may go get another rental or something like that. So what I would do is, you know, everyone that comes through, follow up with them. They may give you negative feedback and say, no, this isn't right property for them. This is too expensive. But but take notes on everything. So that way, if by chance you don't have any prospective tenants, you can look at the feedback and say, well, you know what? I think my security deposit's too high. Or, you know what? Maybe I'm at asking a little bit too much, you know, again, as a, as a homeowner, having that emotional attachment to the home that often happens. So you can see what happens, but you know, you can see the feedback you're getting there, but you also want to know like, Hey, they do like the property because again, someone, uh, your, your, the applicant that you think you have may disappear. And then you want that backup that way and respond quickly, make sure that uh, you stay in touch with them, uh, that way. And, uh, and so that you don't lose anyone, uh, potentially you want to, you want to have good communication. Um, and if a 
tenant's ready to apply, then you know uh, what, what I'd recommend is giving them an application. Do not just start off with a background and credit check. You know, Go through the application, process the application, do some due diligence, just to make sure there's no red flags. You don't want to run a credit report for someone, and then all of a sudden there's something on their basic application that you wouldn't allow them to, to qualify for anyway. So take, take some time, go through that application. If it looks good and you want to move forward, then, then at that point talk to them about uh, uh, you know, doing a background and credit check that way. So. Yeah, and I can't reiterate enough, follow up with everyone afterwards. See uh, if they don't like it, why is that? I know we talked about this in the last, uh, last part of the series is, is why is it that they don't want to submit uh, an application? Is it uh, because of a pet? Is it unfurnished? Is it furnished? We're dealing with property right now where uh, you know there could be a potential uh, tenant just if, if we put a, a king size mattress in versus a queen size. So if there's little things that you can accommodate for, um, you know, get feedback from them and see what it will take to uh, to make it work for those those tenants. And then you know for the the people that do want to submit an application, walk them through that process. There are some online software that can yes. help you know process that uh, or, or walk you through that process. Um, but you know we'll we'll get into that more of the screening process in the next part of the yeah, series. Yeah, you definitely. Want to, I mean, there's a lot of applications out there online. You want to use, like, look for someone that, that looks reputable um, and use a standard application. You want to make sure that you give everyone all the same application that way. And then, uh, you know, once you have that, that application back, like I said, you do want to vet. You, you want to qualify people on a high level. So, you know, if, if all of a sudden, uh, you know, on the application they have a pet, and you advertise that there was no pets, make sure that that's not a service animal again. Make sure that like they didn't include that on the application to let you know they had a service animal and not a pet. You don't want to discriminate against them. Go through uh, everyone uh, uh, that anyone that's going to be living in the home that is over eighteen. Uh, again, we're going to get to this later on, but uh, but make uh, you know make sure that they're included on the application. If if you're renting a property, like let's say you're in a senior community where you have to be fifty five and over. Go through the applicants and make sure that that you're not renting this out to someone who doesn't meet that 55 uh, or older requirement, or someone that's on the application that's only allowed to stay in that in that you know community for like 30 days or something like that. So just make sure that you're not making any mistakes that way. And then also the move-in criteria. So it's often that like someone loves the home but they can't move in for six weeks or five weeks or something like that. Just make sure that there's not a misunderstanding that they're not going to take it in two weeks or one week. There may be a time period that way. And that, and that may be how you evaluate tenants as well as you may have two really good tenants, but one needs is chomping at the bit to get in something and some, someone else is six or eight weeks down the road that way. So you really want to look at that. Um, and also, uh, you know, when you have, you're going to, if, if you have multiple people on application, you want to make sure that you take the time to combine the income and assets and make sure, make sure your math is correct so that no one can come back and say, you know, Hey, why wasn't I qualified? Well, it was because of this and, and you misunderstood something or, 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 or processed the information wrong on the application. Qualified tenants at a high level, make sure that you do it right so there's no issues that come back and, and get you that way. Uh, I, I touched on it for a second, but make sure that anyone over 18 years old uh, fills out the application. Do you want to go a little bit more into that? Yeah, and we'll get into that in, in the next part of the series in uh, episode three of how to screen your tenant. Um, but overall, you want to, uh, I, I guess the, the emphasis is follow up with your tenants and get an idea of if they want to submit, if they don't want to submit an application, walk them through that process. You touched on a little bit about 
about uh, if there is 55 plus community. That's something we didn't talk about earlier. But if there are CCNRs or restrictions in the community you live in, that's something you want to check in and, and yes. make sure that you're actually allowed to, you know, lease out your property. Um, so I think that covers most of uh, most of each each part of of the process of showing your rental property uh next episode we'll get to you with uh the screening process a little bit deeper yep yep thank you again everyone for joining joining us uh, i'm sean payne founder and owner of live explorer if if you find uh, this or any of our podcasts uh, uh informational please hit like and subscribe isaiah thank you very much for uh for uh joining me today on this absolutely and we'll be back soon see you guys next time welcome to the live explorer podcast if you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.